Blog Talk Radio. Welcome, world. Welcome once again to Tuesday Talk with Key West Lou. I am your host, Louis Patron. Well, interesting week. Every week is interesting, though. Uh, but an interesting week. A lot of fantastic things are happening every place, everywhere. I'm going to jump in tonight because there's so many things I want to talk about that I can't get in because I don't have enough time. But let me tell you, we're going to Arizona, Washington, D.C., Key West, Shanghai, Manhattan, Georgia, Texas, France, and Rome, Italy. Okay. I want to start with the Syracuse basketball team. It's not on my list of topics here in front of me, but I just watched Syracuse play the opening game of the season, not a practice game, official opening game of the season. They played a team called Lafayette. No comparison. Syracuse won by about 30, 35 points. Syracuse scored 97 points in the game. But I've had the feeling last year, I had the feeling this summer and now, that this is going to be an unusually great year for Syracuse basketball. I'll be shocked if it isn't. I'm going to tell you right now. Uh, He's got, Beheim has his two sons starting. They both scored 20 points. Uh, His son Buddy's going to be one of the top five players in the United States. Uh, He'll be a a first-round easy close to number one draft pick. They've got this guard, Gerard. My God, what he did with that basketball. And I want to tell you, Lafayette was not a crap team, excuse the way I put it. They're a good team. These guys were making threes from all over the place. The difference in the ball game was defense. Syracuse could get shots off. Lafayette could not take as many shots as Syracuse. They were held down because they could not get the shots. They didn't have the shots to take. They were well defended. Good game. Going to be a great season. Now, let me get into my agenda for the evening. Uh, the first item involves breaking news. You know, Arizona seems to be the state for nutty, crazy, political uh, people. You got Kristen Cinema. You had the sheriff from Maricopa County. Now we got Representative Paul Gosar. He is a congressman in his fourth or fifth term from Arizona. I never heard of him before. You may have. Uh, well, he's a bit of a fruitcake, too. They're fruitcakes. Only way I can describe it. He put out today an, an anime, anime video, okay, to his Twitter and Instagram accounts, okay? It showed him appearing to kill. Two Democrats kill two Democrats, attempting to kill two Democrats, Ocasio-Cortez, the representative from New York, and President Biden. Well, I mean, everybody, everybody's complaining about this. He's a fruitcake. He's crazy. And the Republicans keep doing these things. They're looking for that kind of trouble, and they're getting it, and they're going to they're going to they're crazy. They want to kill us. They want to kill Democrats. This is all Trump's fault. He brought the poison out on his on his team, his side of the Republican uh, area. Uh, and, and anyhow, uh, what is he doing? He's doing terrible, this guy. Uh, the interesting thing is no Republican has spoken up yet and said this guy shouldn't do something like that. He's inviting someone to go out and take a shot at Ocasio-Cortez or the president. That's what he's doing. 
not, not even Kevin McCarthy, the leader of the Republicans in the House. He hasn't said a word, but you can't expect anything from him. In fact, the only one who spoke up when the deluge of opposition to what he did came out today was one of Gosar's aides. And he said, and I quote, relax. It's, it's, it's a cartoon. It's a cartoon. You don't put out cartoons killing your opposition physically for real, nor the president of the United States. Now, this guy has to be a fruitcake, and I know I've used that term several times already tonight. Uh, he has, he's comes from a family of ten. He's got nine brothers and sisters, I guess. In 2018, six of his brothers and sisters publicly put a letter out repudiating him, telling everyone, don't vote for him, my brother, our brother is crazy, okay? Uh, they've also already spoken uh, this year that don't vote for our brother in the next election, which is 2022, rather. Uh, vote for his Democratic opponent. Uh, I know we have families who have feuds. Uh, Dysfunctional families today are very common, but there's got to be something wrong with this guy. Now, coming to the January 6th committee, got some observations to make, some comments to make. When Merrick Garland was nominated to be attorney general, I wrote a long blog about him. He was the sole topic for that day. This is several months ago. And I said, great lawyer, appellate judge for more than 20 years, would have made a great Supreme Court judge. But judges don't make great prosecutors because they, may, they start off as good lawyers. But once you've been a judge that long, your mind thinks you're looking for the little details. And can I do this? Because if I do this, this thing from the left side here says it may be wrong. Whereas a prosecutor, he goes for you know, he goes for the throat. He goes for the throat. He looks, he says, okay, this is what I got to do. And he goes and he does battle. It doesn't take him 20 years. It's taken, my point, Merrick Garland too long. He's got to, he's got to indict for contempt of Congress. The people have been submitted. Last week, six new names came out of the committee for subpoena service. Today, 10 more. That's 16 in a week got to get these people in to testify. There's not that much time. There's a year to the next election in 2022. All right, and this thing should be over and done with by August, let's say. And it's not going that way so far. Time is of the essence. Everyone has to move their ass. And right now, the ball is in the corner of the Attorney General of the United States. He's not a judge anymore. He is a prosecutor. He's supposed to be a killer. All right? Very simple. He's supposed to be a killer. And he ain't killing. That's, and that's a big problem we've got going here. Which now brings me to bum. I'm going to go into Key West for a little bit tonight. Uh, I'm back on the road, by the way. I went out Saturday night. I went out Sunday, Monday. I was out today, during the day. It's all over. I got my booster shot. I'm back into society. I'm back on, like Willie Nelson. I'm on the road again. Be that as it may. Bumfardo. Bumfardo, my friends. I've written about him several times over the years. Bumfardo is one of our um, 
more notable citizens here in Key West. In the 1970s, he was fire chief. He also was one of the biggest drug dealers, bringing in drugs from Cuba. Uh, He probably ran more prostitutes than anyone else in town. Uh, And all good things come to an end. There was a federal investigation began with the drug problem. He was indicted. He was tried in federal court, and he was convicted. On the day he was to be sentenced, he had to go to Miami to be sentenced in federal court. He pulled out of the driveway at his house here in Miami, in Key West, I think, on Seminary Street, and no one ever saw him again. No one's ever seen him again. People say a truck pulled up, a tractor-trailer would have moved uh, Bum's, Bum's uh, car was gone. No one's heard of or seen him. It's like a Jimmy Hoffa story. Where is Bum Fardo? I've said many times, you know, he may be under the concrete on the same highway in New Jersey that Jimmy Hoffa is. I kid you not. Uh, and we, T-shirts get sold down here, by the way. Where are you, Bum Fardo? What he did was wrong, but he's become one of our iconic figures in town. Where are you, Bum Fardo? Well, Some of the locals have put together a musical. It's playing tonight for the first time. It's going to play tomorrow night. Uh, I think it's going to play in the weekend, too. And the musical is Bum Farto the Musical. Got to be a hell of a show, and if I can make it, I will go on the weekend. Bum Farto, where are you? We're going to have a Christmas parade here in Key West again. We did not have one last year because of the pandemic. Let me tell you something. (laughs) The Christmas parade parade in Key West is the biggest little town parade in the country. Everyone is in the parade, and those that are not in the parade are standing watching it. I know the parade comes up, starts at White Street, comes up Truman, goes over Duval. Kids all over the place, kids on floats, kids not on floats, candy being thrown to the air to the kids not on the floats. they got to have 15, 20 Santa Clauses on, in this parade, too. Everybody's got a Santa Claus. Great parade. Everyone goes to the parade. We're going to have it again on Saturday, December 4th. It's back this year. It's an exciting thing. I can't wait to go. Everyone in this town will tell you they can't wait to go. We just finished Fantasy Fest last week. You know, this is our big 10-day event every year. It started off to make a little money, and 30 years, 25, 30 years later, it's an internationally known party. Uh, It's an adult party. Now, I'm not against the little adult party, uh, but this one was rather unique. Because of coronavirus, because of the pandemic, the city canceled all public events like the big parade and some other things. Uh, So all that was left were the bars and their parties. People wanted to come. They could party uh, as they wanted, walk the streets, etc. But it was a bit different because there was no police enforcement involved. See, normally, when we say nude, it is nude, but with a couple of coverings. Women must have pasties or have their chest painted, get spray painted. $175 will give you a palm tree or a bird on your chest. Uh, and if you, the women show their vagina, their crotch, that's got to be covered with paint or something. Uh, and the men, they get nude, but they cover themselves up with a little piece of loincloth. This year, and I didn't get out because last year, last week I was still quarantined. My quarantine ended Saturday. Last, uh, so 
I didn't get to see this. But everyone I talked to and some pictures that had been sent me that my friends took, they were, excuse me, I'm going to put this, they were going, bare ass. What am I saying? Nothing. No pasty, no spray paint. <laughs> if they were a white person or a black person, they were their same color from the top of their head to the tips of their toes, male and female, no covering, no thongs, no nothing. Uh, kids don't go to this, so I guess it's all right. But even for my taste, I, I would have enjoyed seeing it. I've got to be honest. But I, I do think it's a little too much, and I doubt that it will go on next year. The cops are going to be out in force. Uh, the churches this week will be clamoring. This is horrible. Uh, they always do. If everyone came out totally dressed, they say it's hor- horrible, however. Peppy's, 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 famous Key West restaurant. We all know Peppy's. They have a new owner. Some locals have bought Peppy's. Danny and Maura use. Danny and Maura own the Twin Friends Patio Restaurant in Front Street. All of you, one time or another, have eaten there. Uh, their breakfasts are the best things going. Uh, and they're very nice people, Danny and Maura. Uh, Danny and I recently have become friends. Great guy. Great couple. Uh, he also has business interests in New Orleans. I believe he's originally from New Orleans. Uh, well, Danny said, nice guy again. He and his wife just bought Peppies. We don't see ourselves as the new owner of Peppies, but rather as custodians of the legend. The essence of Peppies will not change on our watch. Why should we mess with a 112-year lineage that clearly works? Pepe's, by the way, my friends, is the oldest restaurant in Key West. It's also the oldest restaurant in the state of Florida. It's got that flavor, that taste when you go in. In fact, when I first came down here, uh, someone told me this is where the pirates used to meet the plant need to plan their rates. I believe them because the place looks that old and you get that feeling. Uh, Shelly McGinnis owned the restaurant. She's the one who sold it. I know Shelly, played bocce against Shelly for about 15 years. Uh, great bocce player. She whipped our ass all the time, this woman, terrific bocce player. She started working at Pepe's in 1983 as a waitress. She bought the business in 2015. She just sold it. God bless her. May she enjoy the years she has left. Now, I, at 86, you go to the doctor all the time. It's just everyone who's older, 60s, 70s, you go to the doctor all the time. It becomes a way of life. It's like a club. No matter whose office you go to, you see your friends. Uh, and I'm into that, and I've been to it for many years because I'm 86 years old now, and things go wrong with the machinery. Uh, so today I had to go to the heart doctor. I got a new heart doctor. You see, I want to say something. All my doctors I've had, and I like to get a doctor and keep them forever. We all do. Have either died or retired. I'm the survivor. Well, I'm uncomfortable going to a new doctor because, you know, there's a trust factor. We got to get to know each other. He's got to know when my complaining is for real or where, where I shouldn't be complaining. And so I met my new heart doctor today, Dr. David Rose. Seems to be a very nice guy. 
uh, seemed to, I'm, I'm evaluating him. He's evaluating me. And I thought he was right on on some of his comments and some changes he's recommending. Well, very well organized office, big office. And uh, first person I met was Natalie. Natalie was one of the staff that first took care of me, took all the information, uh, ran all kinds of tests on me. They did everything to me, the machinery, the wires on your chest. And, we, you know, we were talking as we went along. I'd say she's about 35, very attractive woman, came down here 10 years on a vacation, never left. She loves to vote. She loves to fish. <laughs> and we're talking, and she tells me her name's Natalie. And I laughed. I said, you know, my first love was Natalie. She became a nun. <laughs> this is true. In high school, freshman year, my first love and her first love was Lewis. And mine was Natalie, and she ended up becoming a nun. Uh, speaks well for me, I think. Uh, anyhow, uh, then I met April, who was another woman there, um, older, mature, I would say, probably 50. And she she was very definite. She did well at what she did. I evaluate every one of these things. So I, I think I'm in good hands, but it was funny. Nat, your name's Natalie. I haven't met another Natalie. My first love, she became a nun. Anyhow, which now brings me to this past weekend, there were so many people in town. And even this week, there are many people. It's, I can't believe all the people are in Key West. I mean, there's a time of the year for a lot of people, and we don't seem to have the breaks anymore where we have few people. Why were there so many people in town, uh, for example, this past weekend and this week? The parrot heads are here for a week. Be began last Friday. They'll be all done this Saturday. They there's thousands of parrot heads. Whether there's a thousand in town, I don't know. But I got to tell you, they wear these screwy hats. They're crazy people. They call, they're a Jimmy Buffett group, parrot heads. They come from all over the world to be here for one week every year. They were in this weekend. Then the boat races are this week. They start tomorrow. These are big-time boat races, those long cigar-type boats. Very, very expensive, a few million dollars each one. Only owned by people with money who have full-time crews taking care of them. This is one of the biggest races of the season. The, the, the owners come with their spouses and their girlfriends. The crew comes with their spouses and their girlfriends. They're all here. They come around Saturday because they got to work on the boat and practice. And... That's why we had all these people. But there was another reason, too. On Saturday night, we now have an amphitheater here, a big amphitheater outside, 4,000 people. And it was sold out Saturday night. Uh, ZZ Top, I never heard of them, but they're out of the 80s. ZZ Top Rock Band was at the amphitheater with 4,000 spectators. So that's, so that's why there were so many people in town, which now finishes up. West. Okay, we're going to move on to China, to Shanghai. Uh, question arises, can we always believe what the Chinese tell us? Like uh, coronavirus, uh, did it come out of the lab in Wuhan or whatever way you pronounce it, or was it really from uh, a bat someplace in the hills and woods uh, of China? Uh, it, do you believe it when they say it didn't come out of the lab? I don't know. But they also have a tendency to lie about a lot of things. And this is an example. You may not agree with me, but 
I'm guessing it has to be, without question. Shanghai has Disneyland, okay? Disneyland was open this past week, and on a day when there were 33,863 visitors, 33,863 visitors, they keep testing you there, by the way. The Chinese go through Disneyland, for example, wherever there's a big crowd and test people. They found someone who had COVID. Immediately, the gates were shut. No one could leave. Those 33,000 people were locked in for several hours. And every one of them was tested. And this is what I don't understand and why I think they lie. Now, you would assume that if one had it out of 33,000, that's a big number. A few more must have it. But the Chinese government said, no, no one else proved positive, tested positive for coronavirus. There was only one case. I find it hard to believe, and I smile as I say that. Bill Gates, fourth richest man in the world. Uh, he's interested in the health of the world, you know, climate control, everything else. Uh, he believes that smallpox is the next pandemic facing us, smallpox. How he knows, I don't know, but with all his money and his interest in these various things, I, I wouldn't argue with the man. Uh, and he believes, he believes that it will take tens of billions of dollars, tens of billions of dollars will be needed for research and development to prepare for it. Thus saith the man this past week, pay attention to him. Can't wait like we did with the coronavirus, even though we're beating it. If everyone would listen, this thing would be gone. Uh, okay, which now brings us to... Donald Trump. It's nice that we don't talk about him that much, isn't it? Uh, I hope we, the day comes we never have to talk about him, him again. Uh, okay. He got beat for the first time in court uh, on you know, preventing the January 6th committee from getting a hold of certain records which had been subpoenaed. Uh, a judge Monday, that would be yesterday in Washington, a federal judge, uh, said that he could not prevent the records, his records from the National Archive, from being rele re released. Uh, she did it on technical grounds, the judge. She said his motion was premature. The case has already been argued. They're waiting for her decision, and it has to await her full decision before she takes a position, such as whether to uh, enjoin it or not. But I have a feeling that all of these applications that are going to be made with regard to the subpoenas are going to end up like the, the all the lawsuits, what was it, 62-63 that Trump had brought uh, to prove that the election was fraudulent and he didn't win one. He ain't going to win one of these subpoena ones either, in my opinion. Uh, now, interesting thing. I just learned over the weekend, you may have known it, I don't know, but someone wrote a book about this and all of a sudden it was on, on, on the Internet all over the place and on television. Just before the last day Trump was in office, he was on US-1 being flown from Washington to Florida. All right? Biden was being sworn in. 
He spoke on the phone with the, I, I don't recall her name, uh, the woman is the head of the National Republican Party, big woman. And he was quite upset that the party he felt had not supported him in proving the fraudulent election. He was mad at everybody. He was ranting and raving. And he told this woman, I'm going to leave the Republican Party and I'm going to start my own party. She said, oh, that'll hurt us. He said, I know, I don't care. Okay. Now, she got back to him before the plane landed in Florida. This is big business. She said, I don't think you should do that. Uh, and the reason very simply is, and I always wondered, where was the money coming from for Trump to fight all these lawsuits? Well, Trump had an arrangement from the day of the election to the day he left office. The National Republican Party would pay all the legal bills on these lawsuits. It comes to hundreds of millions of dollars that have been paid out in legal fees, not out of Donald Trump's pocket. Cool way of getting lawyers uh, if you don't have to pay for them, and they're expensive for this kind of business. Uh, and the other thing she said to him, you know, Donald, uh, we've got 40 million, we meaning the National Republican Party, emails that we let you use. And we have also given you permission to sell them to your supporters so you can make some money. And we're going to withdraw your usage, permission to use those 40 million email addresses. Well, that, I think that's the thing that really took care of it. Besides, they weren't going to pay for the lawyers. They're going, they're going to stop them from using their mailing list, which was quite extensive, which is very good. Now, let me tell you something. Everybody's worrying he's going to run in, in 2024. This man isn't running anywhere in 2024 other than hopefully away from going to jail or being in jail and he's exercising every afternoon running around. Right now, there are four major criminal actions being investigated. You can say they're pending or will be pending against them, and it'll be in this next year. Uh, he ain't going no place but to jail at some point. You've got the U.S. attorney in New York looking at him. You've got the Manhattan district attorney looking at him for something else criminally. you got the Georgia a Georgia district attorney looking at him for criminal activity with regard to fraudulent ballots, and you've also got a criminal lawsuit in the U.S. Attorney's Office in Washington, D.C. Got to lose one out of four. I got a feeling the guy's going to lose all four. He doesn't realize it, though. I don't think he realizes uh, where he's at. And that's why he wants to have a revolution here. He wants to take over the government by force. It's the only way he's going to keep his ass out of jail. Okay, now, Cruz, Tom Cruz, United States Senator from, from the state of Texas. You know, when he first came to the Senate, I was impressed with him. Uh, he was thin, number one, now he's fat. Uh, that has nothing to do with it. I used to be thin once, now I'm fat. But, uh, and he, he's an intelligent guy. I think he was number one in his Harvard Law class. Uh, he clerked for a United States Supreme Court Judge Scalia, he clerked for, I believe. Uh, so he's a conservative at heart, but he's a smart guy. Now he's, he's like Trump. They're all crazy. They're, they're all crazy. And who did he take on this weekend to knock? Tom Cruise. 
big human being, Republican senator from the state of Texas, took on Big Bird. Yes, sir, he insulted Big Bird. Now, <laughs> he must have something better to do. Why attack Big Bird, all right? Uh, here's the story. Uh, he says Big Bird put out some vaccine propaganda. The uh, Now, you understand, Big Bird's a canary-like 8-foot-2-inch Muppet, okay, that has been encouraging, hear what I'm going to say, youngsters to get vaccinated for years. One of the purposes of Big Bird is to say, get vaccinated to kids when they're going to go to school, and you know it's mandatory in a lot of places. And, in fact, I came across something I read. He's been doing this, Big Bird, since Ted Cruz was two years old. But he went after him because he said, you know, you got to get vaccinated, kids. And uh, he just felt this was government propaganda for your five-year-olds, he told the people. And that's the way that is. Uh, you guys know not well-adjusted, that's all I can say. Not well-adjusted. Uh, that's the show for tonight. I have so much more to share with you. Someday I'll either take on another half hour, uh, prepare less. In any event, uh, that is the show for tonight, folks. Uh, please join me again next week. Uh, and till then, thank you and good night.